0: All right, guys, special interview time here on Below the Belt show. Canadian comedian extraordinaire. um, She's got a new special on Crave TV that we have to check out. Uh, She's been on the James Corden show. She's been on the LOL Network. She's been in comedy here often, uh, just for laughs, you name it. Uh, Sophie Buttle, welcome to BTV.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you this morning? Oh,
0: pretty great this morning. Well, for us, it's afternoon here on the East Coast.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, where where are you
0: at? Uh, Maryland, actually. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Have you performed out here in this part of town, DC, Maryland, Virginia area?
1: Um, I don't think I have yet. But this year, I've I just got my American work papers, like, uh, you know, around Christmas. Well, around last Christmas. So I keep I keep touring and going to places that I. I had not heard of and you know maybe next will be Virginia
0: yeah because when you start going on these tours yeah you'll you'll be going to like small town America perhaps and yeah all over and you just moved I just saw that you said you moved uh, to the U.S. from Vancouver
1: yeah yeah I moved to L.A. oh good yeah How, yeah but how's I, that but move been it's been great I haven't been in town very much because I've been touring so much but you know I'm seeing small town America it's better than L.A. <laughs>
0: Now, um, what decisions? Um, I guess how, what made you decide to let's give uh, Hollywood a shot? Uh, obviously, that's the mecca of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, a lot of uh, Vancouver actors that I've interviewed uh, love just staying in Vancouver because they feel that that's where the work is as well.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, it is nice to be on the West Coast. In case I I book Vancouver stuff, it's easy to, easy to go back up, and I still have my Vancouver apartment, so I feel like I've got oh. I've got my toes in both in both cities. But it was hard to decide um, when I was going to the States if I was going to go to L.A. or New York because I'm I'm a I'm a stand up. I'm really like a true and true stand up. And anything else I do is just kind of run off from that. And everybody says if you're you know, if you care about stand up, you're supposed to go to New York. But um, I'm trying to make a little bit USD. And I think L.A. is the only (laughs) way to do that.
0: (laughs) And you mean dollars, just to clarify. (laughs)
1: Oh, a, oh, yeah, there's
0: Sorry. another uh, nickname for D, that which you will give <laughs> like your stand ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what we're alluding to here. But anyways, uh, first of all, being on stage of jo- James Corden must have been a queer highlight so far. I mean, I looked at 28 million people viewed that particular. Um, stand-up. Oh, really? At
1: yeah,
0: 28 million on 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 the James Corden YouTube page.
1: Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, congrats yeah, that, to me, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in that particular uh, set, you uh, mentioned about uh, your boyfriend's schoolgirl fetish. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a it ends up being like a play on words, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say he's not alone on that fetish, but but in today's society, yeah, you got to think, you know. You know, Jeffrey Epstein you know
1: <laughs> I mean if it helps if it helps at all that is my oldest joke I wrote that when I was 16 and I was living in Ottawa and that's like that's the only joke that that's, that's that old that has like lived for this long
0: oh right um,
1: so that's not a that's not a real thing that my boyfriend has I <laughs> I project <laughs> a lot of stuff onto like you know this vague vague person <laughs> in my set and people always ask me they're like oh does your boyfriend mind all these jokes about him and I'm like well, they're not true, so he probably minds that I'm lying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So so you meant uh, jo- uh, joke longevity. Have there been jokes that back in the day were cool but would not land today?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, as, as society progresses and we become more empathetic as a group, of course, there's going to be jokes that, that no longer hold up. And I'm sure yeah. I have some of those, too. Like, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but... I'm sure if anybody wanted to cancel me, they could go combing through old sets and find something bad, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the thing I, I hope you don't mind bring up because you did uh, no, address this in the gf JFL, just I guess a just for last keynote address mm-hmm. about cancel culture. And yes, a lot of comedians are are facing this um due to inappropriate jokes. I mean, the, the behavioral issues is different, obviously. But yeah, but, yeah. But certain I mean, jokes, people,
1: um, people might get in trouble for for a joke that they told, uh, especially like an older one, if they were if it was if it doesn't like hold up really with with today's standards. But I think the thing that really affects careers is if somebody's like, yeah, exactly doing like in-person criminal <laughs> behavior, exactly. that's that's really what gets you actually canceled.
0: Yeah. So what kind of steps do you go to to make sure that the jokes that you tell um, are, I guess? Uh, acceptable for today's, today's audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly think if you're telling something that you believe to be genuinely true, then it's acceptable. Like it feels like it's, it's often the people that are just trying to antagonize others that are, are doing things that are not appropriate. And I think that if there's truth in something, then you should have confidence saying it. And, you know, sometimes you do need to go a little bit deeper than whatever, initial truths you you wrote the joke on and figure out maybe why you feel this way if it's if it's controversial or something but i do think that you can you can get away with talking about anything like i'm i'm not someone that thinks you can only talk about things that you know are directly in your circle because especially if you're a professional comic and you're you're doing an hour every year or something like you run out of stuff about your own parents and and you have opinions about the world and And if you have fans, like your fans want to hear your takes on on the things that are that are happening at that time, you know. So I think that you can I think as comics, if you're a good comic, you can talk about anything. But you have to you have to really figure out what your point is.
0: Very good. Yeah. And you actually had a good analogy. It's almost like uh, making a mistake at work and getting fired for it. For
1: Mm. some of the.
0: you said that on your keynote address uh, for just for Live, yeah but.
1: yeah exactly it's just everyone saying oh yeah i'm getting i'm getting canceled or something it's like, exactly it's like if you mis- make a mistake at work like on stage and then people don't want to work with you anymore that's just that's part of any job but that's that's another thing it's true it's like we're not doing improv comedy like there's not going to be something that that slips out that gets you in trouble like if you're going to the point of putting out jokes to the general public you've practiced that on stage and you've written it and you've run it by people like if something is making it to the public arena that's something that that comic is sure about and so if if that's something that gets them canceled then they need to have you know maybe a few more filters in the future for their jokes
0: Uh, Do you feel that a comeback is possible for certain canceled comics and what should be done for those particular comics that have been canceled?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, of course there is. And especially when it is something like uh, just a joke that was that was inappropriate from the past. I think that um, society does have a tolerance for forgiveness for that. But I read a thing that was really interesting about how human beings are really like programmed to want revenge and that's why like the american oh. justice system is like very punitive like like humans have this instinct that if someone did something bad they should they should suffer and they should you know be punished Interesting. and i yeah and I, I don't really i don't think that that's something that i believe in i don't i don't think that that really makes sense like i do think that if somebody is being inappropriate to their coworkers, that's not a job they should be allowed in anymore um and so i don't think um if somebody is like causing problems for you know female comics off stage that they necessarily should be allowed back in unless they acknowledge their behavior and are not going to do those things moving forward but it seems like a lot of the time they just say oh i've done nothing wrong and to me that means they're going to continue doing what they've done and that they shouldn't come back but i i really genuinely believe even if somebody has done that if they acknowledge that they did it and they know what they did was wrong, they should be allowed to come back. And I think that's a really big part of this because we're in this very sensitive, you know, mob mentality. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And
1: right. Yeah. And I I, I don't think that that's, that's the way to do things because people that have done something wrong can't admit to doing something wrong because they, they think they'll never be let back in and they think they're going to lose their career and their job and their family and everything. But people are doing bad things, and I think the way to make people do less bad things is when you do do something wrong, you should have the, you should be allowed to say, "I've done these things wrong, and I'm going to be better in the future," and they should be allowed to come back.
0: Awesome, yeah, I definitely agree with that, and especially, you know, the, obviously the 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 bad behavior off stage is different because mm-hmm. that the, the several comments fell into that category. Jokes are jokes, people, you know, they're meant yeah. to, for people to laugh at, you know, and uh, I feel so, a lot of people just, ah, uh, they're just way too fragile and they need to they need to just need well, yeah, to laugh but I, a lot. The you thing know?
1: is, like, I've had jokes that are like, like, maybe it's something that affects me directly that I've heard a comic do and then have not laughed or whatever, but I would never tell them not to do that joke. It's just like, oh, maybe this comic is not for me or even just that joke is not for me. I don't think that you need to, like, write off a whole comic just because one joke hurts your feelings.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. And I'm glad I'm glad that's the way that we should def- definitely look at that for sure. So, uh, um, but yeah, um, tell us about uh, your journey uh, getting into comedy uh, in Vancouver. How's the comedy scene in Vancouver? And uh, I guess uh, your comedic influences as well.
1: Yeah, totally. So uh, I started when I was 15 in Ottawa. And my, my mom and I used to go to just like the open mic night just to go watch together just as a little other daughter date situation. Um, and then because it was the, the open mic night, it was like, not intimidating. It's not like I was watching HBO specials and whatever. I was just watching people right. go up and bomb. And I was like, i my a bomb. That's why. Like when you see other people bomb and then they're just hanging out at the club afterwards and you can see that their life's not ruined. You're like. Oh, there's like no pressure. It's it's a very low pressure art form because you bomb and you feel kind of bad, but nothing happens. Um, I was just talking to my musician friend who's because like when you're a stand-up and you have a bad set, obviously it's because nobody's laughing. But I c I, I couldn't understand that musicians also get bad audiences sometimes and it's just like yeah. nobody's dancing or people don't clap after songs. Yeah. It's like it's like it feels bad, but nothing nothing happens. And I realize that it's it's the same for stand-ups. You can bomb, but and it's kind of cringe while you're on stage, but it's really not that big of a deal.
0: Right.
1: Um. um and oh yeah, okay. So yeah, I started when I was 15, and then um, I moved to Vancouver when I was 18 to go to fashion school, but I dropped out right away. Um. But the comedy scene in Vancouver is really amazing, and yeah, just really, really strong writing in in the whole scene. And you, when you travel, when you travel a lot, and you get to see the scenes in different cities you do notice trends and Vancouver does have just really exceptional writing for whatever reason. I think it's because like the bigger people in Vancouver, the bigger comics are such strong writers and the scene is, is quite small. So if you're a new comic and you're kind of, and you're moving past the open mic scene, you're on the same shows as the best comics in town. And so you have to follow them and you're on a bunch of the same shows together that week. So you see how they develop a new joke and how they add stuff and how they act on stage. and so I really think it strengthens everybody when a scene is small enough that that newer people perform with with the pros. It's like when you play um when you go skiing with people that are better than you it just makes you better and I think it's the size of the city that makes everybody get get strengthened um, by the good people and uh, and my comedic influences. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, Which are probably the same people that you watch that made you want to take it to their level too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like my my um, I when I first moved to Vancouver, I was just like totally obsessed with Erica Sigurdsson and Graham Clark from and Dino Archie. Those are the three big ones for me. But like, there's so many that I should name, you know. But those were for me the my biggest influences in Vancouver. And um, unfortunately, uh, my biggest influence, sort of overall, was Louis C.K. <laughs> but it's yes. so funny talking about. I mean, it makes sense when I say that. When I'm like, yeah, people should be allowed to come back. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> I'm like, what, I think again? him
0: the most. Yeah, him the most. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean. mean- as, it's you catch him of, in the act. You push him over, like you said, on your stand-up routines. You yeah, do. yeah, just push them over. <laughs> <as much. laughs>
1: I know. I just I try so hard to to be consistent in my morals. So I, like, I, it's it's so hard when you're the person that you idolize the most is somebody that did the thing that you you think is so bad. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really difficult thing to to juggle and I think a lot of comics dealt with that with Bill Cosby too because I know he was the biggest influence for like yeah. so many of my comic friends and when you're a fan of a comic especially as a as a comic and you have this person that you really like base so much stuff on when you're a fan of them you're not just a fan of you know their music or this or that like you're a fan of like who they are as a person like when you're a fan of a stand-up you're a fan of like that like they inside you know this is this is the person's lens of the world that you want to see and so when you find out they're doing something predatory you really feel like it's a personal flaw of yours that you that you you know subscribe to this person so deeply Uh. so it is like it does feel like a real um like moral moment where you have to decide like oh is, is there something that i you know i'm not i'm not solid on that i you know i'm so attached to this person
0: yeah no that makes a lot of sense and of course uh, going off to your uh, juno award right uh mm-hmm. for 2020 best comedy album of the year which was mistakenly categorized and easy listening for one of
1: <laughs> that was my mistake <laughs> which <laughs> i was like i put it out myself i put it out independently um right. and then while i was uploading it on whatever website i was using i couldn't find the comedy the comedy genre right and i was easy like, listening guess... <laughs> as your
0: boyfriend's grabbing a towel to wipe you off <laughs>
1: I mean, I I think my album's easy to listen to. And so I figured that makes sense as a genre.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm reading that you're the first female comic to actually win the Juno Award. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How did that feel?
1: That felt great. It was like, it felt really cool. And it was like a really big, big moment for my career. But I was also mid pandemic. So I was just at home alone in my apartment when I found out that I won. So it was a little, felt a little anticlimactic, you know? It got my 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 trophy in the mail a couple of weeks mm-hmm. later <laughs> like we yeah. never didn't get to do like a big red carpet moment or anything so it yeah. almost it almost felt unreal because i was just just that continued is... sitting in my apartment playing animal crossing <laughs> <Like> my <laughs> life didn't really change <laughs> 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 there, there's also like i'm so obsessed with female comics okay, like yeah yeah nikki glazer and bustling are, are huge ones for me um glazer, yeah yeah, and then when I was first starting, I just watched Sarah Silverman's special over and over again. Um, but I, I'm really drawn to female comics. Like I'm, I definitely find, especially right now, I'm, I'm more likely to like laugh out loud at a female comics set than a male yeah. comic. And I, I think it's just because men aren't funny. I'm just kidding. But I think like, <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think I'm just, I'm really connecting with. Oh, and um, a a, a female comic that I met since I moved to the state is Ali Makovsky and she's nice. like immediately one of my favorites. Like she's, she's so funny. She, she's like very absurd, but like, yeah, she's oops. She's amazing.
0: Yeah. So two of the, my favorite uh, female comedians, including yourself of course, is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Amy Schumer and Eliza Schlesinger. And they've gone yeah. off mm-hmm. from stand up to do film and television. Do you see mm-hmm. yourself uh, following uh, in those footsteps and doing uh, any film or t- television work, and if so, what would you like to do?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple things that are that are up in the air right now that I that I might be doing. So definitely behind the scene, scenes, I'm doing a lot of a lot of writing and and auditioning for things. Okay. So yeah, sorry, I'm just I'm just waiting for for sort of the first big thing to to catch. But I definitely want to do that, as you know, because I'm trying to make some of this USD, obviously. And I I do make so much more money in film and TV than than being a stand up. And it's like it's gotten a little bit better. Like they like they do pay comics better in the States than in Canada. But you can't the amount of upkeep it takes for my hair and stuff like I need I need to get a TV job to to maintain. (laughs) I'm very high maintenance. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you were almost going into fashion uh what what um what tv show would you love to be a part of like if you could choose
1: what yeah your,
0: your top television so shows
1: totally so my favorite two shows are white lotus and succession those are like the, those tv shows have both moved me to my core
0: wow but and they're I'm not also, comedy per se i
1: i would describe them both as like dramedy
0: Thromedy, but, yeah. But
1: I, I I like that because I find that like Succession is produced by Will Ferrell, um, right. Will Ferrell and um, Adam um, McKay. Adam McKay, yeah. And so yeah. So I the jokes are are obviously it's not like the same kind of jokes per minute <clears throat> as like a Seinfeld or something. Right. But I but I do find when when they do put jokes in, they're better than any any jokes in a in a comedy show. Wow. Yeah, and I think that it makes okay. the jokes better if there's really solid um drama storylines and writing because you really feel more sucked into the world and then the jokes hit even harder but i also love i don't know if you're a nathan fielder fan but i've been the thing is i'm such a huge fan of his new show the rehearsal but that's not something that you can like apply to be on that's right it's just his child
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I've heard amazing. I haven't seen the show yet, but I've heard amazing things about that show.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you watch Nathan for you at all, but this is just him like progressing at his best. Like for for me, his career has been like a perfect. He's he's every opportunity he's had, he's taken it and he's he's really ran with it in exactly what he thinks is funny, which I think is like really honorable because. I think as soon as you get some heat it can be it can be easy to just kind of become a parody of yourself um but to take the chance of doing something that you think is really weird and cool is like kind of brave because you could you could be throwing it all away
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no and i heard just so you're not even sure what's scripted what's not scripted i hear so many about that particular show in general wow very very cool so uh let's talk about this comedy special um which I definitely want to check out. Um, hopefully, I can. I don't have Crave currently, but it's called Smile Baby, and mm. uh, it's a half-hour special, roughly, on uh, Crave TV for for Canadians, but uh, for us Americans, for us Yankees, mm-hmm. um, do you know, where how we can see it.
1: Um, I don't think Americans can see it without okay. a without a, like a VPN or something. But um, mm. I don't. know. Yeah, but I'm 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 trying to um, arrange an American special soon too. So um, I guess just you can watch that unless you're you're in town in Canada, then you could I'm sure you could watch it somewhere.
0: Of course, or maybe even bring Smile Baby to one of the streaming platforms here in the U.S. Maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think they're shopping it around, but that's not that's not any of my business.
0: Wow, wow. what can we expect from Smile Baby?
1: Um, it's edgy, it's fun, it's flirty. Um, I talk about some serious things, but I'm I'm definitely uh silly about it.
0: Okay. <laughs> awesome. I really, really would love to see it. Absolutely. So um are are you still you still have the same boyfriend that you talked about many times in your stand up routine?
1: Yeah, the same boyfriend. Obviously not all of the jokes are about him. Some of them are um have other been men grand- in the past grand- grandfathered in, yeah, from, from past <laughs> thing. Like the
0: Alex, the blow guy, Alex. Um, Alex? You, you called uh, one of your blow my blow guy. Oh, you do you recall
1: one? <laughs> no, I don't even remember that. But I did date an Alex for a while. Yeah, but that's probably the Alex
0: you're referring to on your yeah. set that I watch. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying instead of date, so uh, this is a guy I kind of blow right now. It's a, he's a, he's oh,
1: a, I mean, yeah, that would have been Alex. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds right. I'm
0: not really in love with him. I just kind of blow him right
1: now. Yeah, no. I mean, he didn't mind either. It was a pretty good arrangement we had. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: So you moved on since him?
1: Yeah, yeah. Since okay. him. I, well, I've been with my boyfriend for six years now. So Alex was the guy before him. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> so both both uh both guys you have experiences with that you talk about in your stand up routine. And and both are cool about it.
1: I mean, they seem cool about it. They don't really you know, it's not it's not really it doesn't really make sense in today's political climate to tell a woman what she can and cannot say. So I do get away with right. it a little bit more probably than they would like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome wow well sophie this has been fantastic wow thank you so much for uh thank you so much for chatting with us me. here on below the belt show i mean you do reference a few things below the belt in your stand-up routines which <laughs> is worth checking out um yeah i mean check uh you have your own youtube page i was noticing and uh yeah audiences please check out uh yeah james corden yeah please check out and court canadian listeners please check out smile baby on Crave, so hopefully uh, us Americans can enjoy that uh, special uh, very soon as well. Um, yeah, I also so, have a
1: podcast.
0: Yeah, oh, that's right, we didn't, yeah, yeah let's talk, yes, thank you. Obsessed yeah, no, thank you. Sophie Buttle. Yeah. Let's talk about the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I have people on, and they talk about um what that whatever they're obsessed with, and sometimes it's like a real obsession that somebody has a problem with, and sometimes it's just like a comedian that's like, I'm, I could be obsessed with something, And then, you know, I had one friend that came on and was obsessed with, with revenge. (laughs) And then I had another friend, you know, that came on and was obsessed with eggs. So you never know what you're going to get.
0: I do love them for breakfast, no doubt. What is your top five obsessions, Sophie?
1: My top five obsessions? So that's a great question. I would say American politics, probably number one. I've always been obsessed with American politics, especially as a Canadian. I'm, I'm separate enough from it that I can enjoy the spectacle without feeling like, like it has anything to do with me <laughs> um, because it is quite theatrical um, American politics. Uh, I, I'm also obsessed with reality TV, sort of the same, I guess, sort of the same thing that I enjoy about Bachelor it. It's Bachelorette. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just watch, watching just train wrecks happen before my eyes. <laughs> <It's very fun. laughs> A lot of comedy there. Yeah. I'm obsessed with caffeine. Definitely. Yes.
0: Um,
1: yeah. I'm obsessed with Alien. And, and i guess last one uh thrift shopping
0: nice that's some good obsessions wow yeah
1: what are yours your top five
0: wow that's a great wow that's a good one um mm. uh um whiskey right right <laughs> when i'm out caffeine mm-hmm. um,
1: a lot of fun beverages so far
0: yeah yeah those are <laughs> beverages um I love um I love to laugh. So I'm obsessed with uh, watching comedies. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of, of all kinds of comedians. Um, um, I can be people have described me as being so obsessed with some certain celebrities.
1: Oh, which celebrities?
0: um, uh, Margot Robbie. I talk about it on my podcast all the time.
1: Oh my god, I love Margot Robbie. I so I was just I just recorded a new season of Roast Bottles Canada, which is like roast bottles, like um you, you know, roast bottles like yes, up against yeah, go each back other. and
0: forth, yeah, and try somebody's to dig it, dig on each other.
1: Yeah, one what of if, what if the burns on me was somebody called me, uh, Margot Bloppy. Oh, no! <laughs> I thought that was the best one, honestly. But it was, was
0: funny, you, you liked it, yeah. Right?
1: No, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so
0: funny? One more, I think I mentioned four, right? Yeah, yeah, one more. Um, uh, I'm obsessed with, um when i go to a different city i like to try the top museum and top uh restaurant like i um so you know going to chicago very recently i had to to do both you know um and then uh, i was in dallas not too long ago in portland mm-hmm. a lot of the uh dallas all good food were cities were first time cities for me so mm-hmm. I, those are all very recently so i was like i gotta i gotta do this i gotta go to this museum as an art aficionado and i gotta try this restaurant as a foodie so
1: yeah those are great things i i love a museum too my my when i go to new cities because i'm always on tour I, I always go to the thrift shops like wherever the cool there's a, there's usually a little thrift strip in most cities and it's, that's always really fun to walk around
0: awesome wow so yeah check out uh sophie's podcast obsessed with sophie buttle smile baby on crave um your youtube page uh sophie this is fantastic yeah Good. It was so nice
1: meeting you awesome.
0: yes um and if you could, before we let you go, let us know who you are, throw out some of your accolades, and then at the end make a reference to our show title called "Below the Belt Show" and whatever. Yeah, no problem. Help up, come up with that.
1: Great. Um, hi everybody. I'm Sophie Bottle. I'm a Juno Award winner, comedian, writer, and actress, and podcaster. Sure. And you're listening to Below the Belt.
0: Awesome. Any Below the Belt reference?
1: Oh, oh, like, uh, um, okay, yeah, and, um, you know, and hopefully you listen to this and you feel a little tinkle below the
0: belt. That's exactly (laughs) what it is, yes.
1: Okay, perfect that was all awesome.
0: <laughs> comedians are, are the best with the promos. i love it get... <laughs> one was like blow the belt you, you'll need a yardstick for <laughs> oh, <laughs> so classic like, classic that's good stuff. the belt with me you'll need a yardstick <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it all right well thank you sophie and uh have a great uh great time and um we look forward to hearing more exciting things
1: yeah it was so nice meeting you thank you so much for having me on